The vibrant and diverse Herbert sugarcane industry involves cane growers, contractors, support personnel and the milling sector, as well as the families and communities this industry supports across the Herbert River District. Sugarcane growers in the Herbert River District have a history of working together for the benefit of businesses, grower families and the Hinchinbrook Shire community. This segment, titled Industry Info, provides relevant information to the Lower Herbert sugarcane industry. The Reef 2050 Water Quality Improvement Plan identifies land-based runoff nutrients, pesticides and sediment from agriculture to be a major cause of poor water quality in Great Barrier Reef coastal and marine ecosystems. Improving water quality in these river catchments is very important to help build resilience of coastal and marine ecosystems. Investment in water quality monitoring and voluntary farm management practice change programs have been found to accelerate adoption of improved farm management practices that improve water quality and therefore enable progress towards achieving water quality targets stated in the Reef 2050 Water Quality Improvement Plan. Agricultural industry stakeholders and landholders have been calling for more intensive water quality monitoring and water quality data for many years. Now with cheaper water quality sensors becoming available, the Queensland Reef Water Quality Program has allocated funding to the Water Quality and Investigations team to expand their real-time water quality monitoring network in North Queensland. In this podcast, you'll learn more about an exciting new water quality monitoring project in Hinchinbrook Shire. The Department of Environment and Science project, titled RP232, fine-scale water quality monitoring in high-priority catchments, has installed up to 40 additional nitrate and sediment water quality sensors at locations throughout the high-priority Herbert and Lower Burdekin catchments. Currently, a fine-scale water quality monitoring network of 17 sites has been installed in Hinchinbrook Shire. These fine-scale water quality monitoring networks aim to support community awareness of agricultural losses water quality issues and improve paddock to reef modelling. Dr Ryan Turner is the Principal Scientist for Water Quality and Investigations in the Department of Environment and Science and holds an Adjunct Associate Professor role at Queensland University of Technology in the Managing for Resilient Landscapes Institute for Future Environments. Ryan has been coordinating major water quality monitoring programs, assessing the impacts of sediment, nutrient and pesticides loads in numerous catchments along the Queensland coast, discharging to the Great Barrier Reef and Moreton Bay since 2009. And Matt Sinclair is a real-time scientist for the Water Quality and Investigations team within the Department of Environment and Science. Matt is playing a primary role in managing the installation, operations and data management for the fine-scale water quality monitoring projects in the Herbert, Burdekin and Burnett Merry regions. Matt is trying to improve the way such monitoring projects are run by increasing the collaboration and ongoing input from local industry representatives and community members. Through a lot of feedback that we had from uh, regional stakeholders and, and local landholders and growers. There was a, a greater need for better data, more local data, um, finer resolution data that had relevance to them. For at least a decade now, we've been monitoring one spot in the Herbert River there at, um, at the bridge, at the Bruce Highway. And while that met Queensland government needs, it didn't necessarily meet all the local needs. So 
And we started this campaign to do a bit of co-design with industry and, and local landholders to place a number, um, hopefully up to 20. I think we've currently mapped. How many have we got inside? 17 in the Herbert. And so each side is monitoring nitrate, nitrogen, sediment and water level. We split our site types for this project into three. So there's sort of a, a reference upstream site. There's a, a middle of the road. We're calling what we're calling the impact site, kind of partway down the system. And then uh, in each system, we also have an end of system site. So for the Herbert region, we've got five reference sites, eight middle of the road impact sites, and then four sites that we're calling the end of system to calculate the total amount of load that's being exported from that catchment. That additional 17 points hopefully gives that more local information that um, landholders can use. We had some advancements in monitoring technologies that have come about in the last five or 10 years that really brought the price of an individual site down. So historically, some of our QGov big monitoring sites have cost anywhere around $150,000 to $200,000 per site. But with bringing down the cost of these um, nitrate and sediment sensors and changes to our site setup, we're able to get those site costs down in the realm of $25,000 per site, which means for the same pool of money, you can get eight to ten the amount of sites that you otherwise would have got, which is great. Yeah, it's really good. I think what's also encouraging is there's been some investment from Gravary Foundation and also from Queensland Government into some local tech companies in Brisbane, and they're trying to bring that price down even further. So there's a company called IntelliDesign, and they're trying to kind of hit that two to 5,000 mark for um, nitrate and turbidity sensing or, or sediment sensing. And that will really, yet again, change the game in, in how we might monitor and provide information so we can manage um, resources. How have measures of water quality in the Herbert River been collected in the past? We had one site in the Herbert. We obviously have to monitor the whole state, so we've got a small budget. Um, and we have to go across 1,500 kilometres of coastline. So we were only able to put in one site. And like Matt said earlier, with the cost coming down, we've been able to infill that with this new technology and this kind of real-time reporting. So traditionally what we did was we grabbed a bottle um, on a pole, we dipped it into the water. That bottle then was shipped overnight via courier on ice in an esky to a lab, and that lab analysed that data. That kind of time frame before we got that data back could be anywhere between, let's say, a week to three weeks, depending on logistics, the lab backlogs and all those kind of things. And then it took us probably another six months to then take that data process and turn it into something that we could then present. And often it was about a 12-month turnaround before we could present that data back. What's really cool now and, and the work that Matt's doing um, and also Tony and, and other people in this space, this real-time data, it's reporting pretty much on the hour, every hour, and giving that really rapid feedback so that we can have better information from data. And with that better information, we gain better knowledge, and then we can manage our natural resources or land in a more proactive way. I think it's pretty impressive to go from one site to 17. And although we're not looking at individual farms or even small groups of farms. We can now kind of look at small subcatchment areas and see the good news stories and the bad news stories and where they might be rather than just getting the total load of, of exports that are going out of the whole system at once. So why are the water quality monitoring sites located where they are? Uh, yeah, so initially we, as water quality investigations, we travelled to Ingham and we had a, quite a lengthy consultation process with the local agricultural industry stakeholders, which was great. So we kind of went there knowing how we wanted to monitor and the overarching objectives we wanted to get out of the project and then dealing with people like cane growers and lower 
Herbert Water Management Authority, they were able to give us a bit more insight into where we could monitor and like site specifically how we could do it to obtain the outcomes that we wanted to get from the project. I think to add to that, there was a real change in our thought from the sciences of Queensland government in this space where, yes, we had our traditional base monitoring one spot in a river. We had to cover all the 35 basins across the state or try to cover all the 35 basins. Um, Whereas there was this greater need for this local information. And we don't have that local knowledge from here in Brisbane. So to go up and sit down with people that have that intimate knowledge of their rivers, their backyards, um, was really important, not only for us to learn, but also to get value add, like it's pointless monitoring for monitoring's sake. We put a lot of effort into doing this kind of stuff and we actually want to see it being used. The best way for it to be used is to really engage with regional stakeholders and the people that know their backyards and go, okay, so if we put it here, what does that mean for you? Um, and we really got that feedback from the industry and, and growers and landholders themselves, which I think will really value add to the program and, and the outcomes. How can uh, growers and members of the community find out more about this project? So right now, um, our data for the program goes through a web app called 1622 run by CSIRO. Um, it's a great platform, and I believe you're talking to Tony later on in the podcast. We don't have a website per se um, to promote our program. What we're really um, hoping for is where a bunch of scientists kind of boffins from Brisbane know how to stick a probe in a water, but we're really wanting that kind of extension effort to be uh, a partnership with industry bodies in, uh, regionally based where we might provide some data and then we use that kind of joint roundtable conversation to discuss with whether it's agronomic uh, extension or scientific extension where we can provide that data, that information, and then they can then disseminate that information to shed meetings or regional forums. We're doing our role in the sense of providing that data infrastructure and a bit of information, and then we're really hoping for that regional partnership to extend that information. That's what we think will be the best way for people to find out. So go to your local meeting, um, whether it be by cane growers or another agronomic group or the local um, natural resource management body. That's the way I encourage you to get more out of this kind of project. Growers, as individuals, they might not be too comfortable coming to us directly to talk about this stuff. Maybe they are, but having those agricultural groups and there's no extension offices specifically for this project, but there are people in the region who know about this project and having them there and acting as that bridge between the data that we're providing and what it actually means to locals. Matthew, Ryan, thanks for your time. Awesome. Thank you very much. Tony Webster is a research agronomist with CSIRO based in Cairns, where he's also the site leader of the Cairns site. Tony has lived and worked in Cairns for over 20 years, working closely with sugarcane farmers to help them minimise their impact on the Great Barrier Reef through improved nitrogen management. Tony has developed, led and worked on nitrogen management research projects in sugarcane since 1999, looking at interventions that lead to lower nitrogen runoff from sugarcane. Tony has a strong capability in digital agriculture through the deployment and presentation of agricultural sensor data and is a key team member in the design, development and deployment of the water quality web app 1622.farm. When we started working on this web app, we were working in the, the Russell Mulgrave catchment just south of Cairns and we're trying to come up with a name for it so we could have a web address for it and the name for what we could call it. 
and we wanted something that was sort of high looking down on the catchment because that's what the map sort of looks like. You know, you're up high and you're looking down. So we went through a, a ton of names trying to come up with something. And then we realised that right on the Russell Mulgrave catchment is um, Queensland's highest mountain, which is Mount Bartle Freer, and it's 1622 metres tall. So we decided to call it 1622, just a very generic name that doesn't, doesn't mean too much, but it's got a little bit of uh, history of where it came from. Tony, where does 1622.farm fit into the Water Quality Monitoring Network? So we heard Ryan talk about the the history of how they used to take water quality sampling. They would go and take what they call grab samples, so they'd actually get a physical sample, uh, and then it might be sort of six to 12 months before that information was presented back to back to farmers. So farmers were almost getting their uh, water quality information sort of you know, delivered by carrier pigeon. You know, it took a long time for the water quality information to come back to them. With the sensors that they've got now, they're giving information in what we call high frequency. Once an hour, every hour they're taking a reading. So that's a very, very high frequency of data which is coming from the sensor network that's been deployed. With 1622.farm, what that's doing is that's actually delivering that in real time. So we've got the differentiation between high frequency data and real time information. And it's the 1622.farm platform, which is actually delivering that in, in the real time. So instead of the information coming via carry pigeon, where we get the data 12 months after an event happened, you can get information from what happened one hour ago. But that's how up to date 1622 is. So the scenario sort of is if it, if it really pours down rain one evening, sort of in the middle of the wet season, you can get up in the morning and you can get on your computer or your phone and you can have a look at 1622 and you can actually see what that event did for the nitrogen levels in the river. So what does 1622.farm show us about the water quality monitoring sites in the Herbert River catchment? Uh, in the Herbert River catchment, they've got, um, they've got that network of 17 sites. Uh, some of those sites are what they call those reference sites, which are upstream of Herbert agricultural areas. So places like Jarama and Broadwater Creek, the sensors that are there are monitoring water which is coming out of the forest. So you go on the 1622 and look at those sites and have a look at how much nitrogen's in the water there. And then you can go downstream in the, in the catchment and have a look at what the nitrogen levels are in the water, which is downstream of agriculture. And you can just make those assessments for yourself how that nitrogen's changing. Different times of year, different things happen. Early in the wet season, nitrogen responds differently to what it does later in the wet season. And you can have a look at how that happens because, as I said, we've got that high-frequency data, so every single hour we're getting a data point. And you can also compare those pristine sites with the very much downstream sites to see what the nitrogen levels are. You can also have a look at the stream level. You can compare the stream level with the nitrogen. Often what you'll find in the, in the early wet season is the stream level starts to go up, nitrogen levels will start to go up as well, and then nitrogen levels will, will dive as you get more and more water coming through, and that's dilution. So how can growers and members of the community find out more about the 1622.farm website? Yeah, so it's what we call a a web app. It's not an application, so you don't download it from the Play Store or from Apple. It's just a website. So anything that you can get a website on, your phone, tablet, desktop, and it's been made so that it does look good on a phone, just go to Google and type in 1622.farm and you will come to a map of Queensland and then you can just zoom into the Herbert area And then on the map, you'll find dot points where the sensors are. And all you have to do is click on one of those dots and you can see the data straight away. So easily accessible to anyone. Absolutely. So all of these sensors that are in the the Herbert River catchment are publicly available. Anyone can go on. There's no need to sign up for anything. No need to give us any of your personal information about who you are or 
sign up for passwords or anything like that. It's just publicly available and you can jump on and do that. And as I said, it's on your phone, your tablet, your computer, straight into Google and you'll, you'll get there. Great. Thanks for your time, Tony. No worries. To view the real-time data from the fine-scale water quality monitoring in high-priority catchments projects, go to the 1622.farm website. Listen to more industry info segments at herbertrivercanegrowers.com.au and find out what's happening across the Herbert sugar industry. For any information about industry info or to share anything of interest to the lower Herbert sugarcane industry, please contact Jason Wolfgram on 0436 469 018.